Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is proudly sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paints, mediums, and gesso in the business. They also make core watercolors and Williamsburg oil paints. Based in New Berlin in upstate New York, they're an employee-owned company dedicated to making the best supplies for you to make your best work. Check out their products in just about any art store or at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School, where drawing, painting, and sculpture are studied in-depth, debated energetically, and created with passion. The school's full-time programs, a two-year MFA degree, and a three-year certificate program focus on experimental learning and sustained studio courses. Both programs invite students to focus on painting and sculpture with drawing as an integral foundation for all creative production. Each semester begins with a two-week drawing or sculpture marathon to generate momentum and expands one's range of strategies for future studio work. Since its inception, the New York Studio School has emphasized rigorous learning through direct experience. Applications for fall 2020 are due January 15, 2020. Apply online today at nyss.org or schedule a tour to learn more by emailing info at nyss.org. Justin Liam O'Brien was born in 1991 in Flushing, New York. He received a BFA from the Pratt Institute in Brooklyn and an AS in Visual Arts from SUNY Suffolk, Selden, New York. Recent group exhibitions include Gallery Tanya Wagner in Berlin, Chart Gallery in New York, and Richard Hellard Gallery in Los Angeles. In 2018, his work was exhibited in a two-person exhibition with Celeste Rapone at Monroe Gallery, and his first solo exhibition at Monroe Gallery was just hung in New York. Justin lives and works in Brooklyn, and a book based on his sketchbook titled Losing in the Form of Darkness was published by Raw Meat Collective and can be acquired through Monroe Gallery. Justin stopped by the studio for a talk about comics, music, computers, painting, and a lot more. Here's our conversation. I, you know, I really should be. Um, I wish I, I, I definitely, I mean, there was a good amount of time when I would be at like things like PAX or like these con- gaming conventions and they'd have like a whole area of rooms like dedicated to graphic novels, but yeah. I never really got into it. I don't know why. I just didn't, it wasn't really, it never really just, it never really hit with me. So maybe, I don't know, did it, so it hit with you, right? Like, Not until college, I think. Uh huh. And it was just a few people like uh, Dan Klaus and... Adrian Tomine and Chris Ware and people like that. Got it. Because there was a little, right around the block from the art studios, there was like a little comic shop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just walking by the window one day I went in. And I was never a comic book person. Right. You know, I didn't grow up like with like Superman or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, you know, but I, I, I think I was drawn to, like it was a Chris Ware book that was in the window that I thought was really cool. Yeah. And I kind of got hooked into it. That's an interesting way to like, process like to like read a story too i, I yeah. think i mean i i did a bit of storyboarding i've, de- I've definitely done storyboarding like like film direction mm-hmm. um and it has like a similar beat to it where it's like you have to figure out how to tell this story with like these like kind of like reduced like little pictures yeah um 
and it was almost like cell. Yeah, like, like working, se- yeah, like, like cell like, animation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always and I, I always thought that that was really cool. I mean, I never I never got into like I never got into comic books or anything like that. But I did, I I did. I was always drawn to the idea of like how can I tell this story um, with as little information as possible yeah. with like maybe a figure, maybe just like a maybe a landscape, maybe just something kind of moody. Um, yeah, well, that, that worked out for what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It um, it really does. Actually, I find that like, um, I find that in my sketchbook, it, it's it's like um, it's like a continual process of like re reimagining or re envisioning like a drawing. Yeah. Um, or like a drawing that like it's like a figure. Like I want the figure to sort of have this mood or have this feeling on its face. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so I, I'll like draw that or I draw a couple ideas for that. And then I like look at those ideas while I'm drawing another picture. And then I'll redraw that picture as like a pencil drawing. And, um, it's this kind of like, it's kind of like this regurgitating this, this like image or juggling this image until it gets to a place where I like it. Right. It's kind of Picasso-esque. Have you seen like all the sketches he does for his stuff? I really, I, you know, not really. I haven't really seen his, but I, I definitely have to take a look. I, I was in, um... I went to Paris and I went to the museum. Oh um, yeah, and um, it was closed when I went. I was oh, devastated. you must have been so pissed. But I'm going to Barcelona next week, so I'm going to see the, the yeah, Picasso museum there. That's amazing. I'm very excited. They had a, um, I think it was Calder and Picasso. Oh, like man. yeah, it was really that's wild. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> but he, do, you know, he'll do you know a massive amount of iterations of sketches for one painting. Yeah. I, is, well, you def- cool definitely saw some of it. Like they, they have some like, you know, this is how this got made. Yeah. Um, were you taking it back? Were you into gaming? I, Ooh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> About to come out. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I used to, I used to work on video games. Like that's how I got into, into art making. I was like really drawn to like, <laughs> I was really drawn to like concept art. Oh, really? Um, I feel like that's. Yeah. Nowadays it's huge. It's such a big, yeah. I mean, it's so big. I, 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 the reason I got into like 3d animation in the first place was because I had an interest in video games and I wanted to be like a, like a concept artist for like a video game company. Right. Um, and that was like really exciting to me, the idea of doing that, like to be paid for this, um, to like for your day job to be like to envision this like world, this imaginary world right? for like, you know, a video game or something. Now I'm guessing those jobs are difficult. They're really hard, really hard to get. (laughs) I'm like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it either. I'm like very happy with what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, I, I guess, I mean, I did it for a while. I went out to like in maybe 2013, I went out, um, I had like a, I was part of this like video game project where we, um, we went out to Seattle for like a couple months and worked on it and this kind of like very like um, early Facebook style, like we're all like living in this house. <laughs> it was like kind of crazy period of time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely was into video games. Um, what was the hardest part of you think or what's the most essential part to doing something like that? I always imagine it's hmm. just someone who's so gifted at drawing and so facile that they could just bang out this stuff on the computer like so oh, yeah. easily. Oh, you yeah. I mean? I mean, you have to have a really good working knowledge of the figure. Yeah. You have to have a really good working knowledge of perspective. Right. Um, and, like, you should you should be able to, like, just kind of bang out, like, 
in perspective, like a bunch of like information yeah. for like, if you have to like draw out a scene of like a, like a, like a, like a level of yeah. a video game, like, and, um, like just be able to like do it like, like left to right without even like drawing any like preliminary sketches. I've seen people do it. It's, right. um, some of the most talented artists that I've, I mean, like technical artists that I like have seen are definitely like concept artists. 3D. I can totally imagine because yeah. think about it. You have to be ready to just, it's almost like improv actors who like, you just give them a scene. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. at McDonald's and this is happening or whatever. And you just go into it. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't, I can't work that way. <laughs> I need like research preparation. Time. I mean, and like, that's actually what I was, well, I mean, that's what I want. That's what I love so much about, um, about, about like my like arts practice is that like it became clear that um, if I was to like do this other thing, right? Like I always have been interested in paints um, and in, in like seeing how like some, some like of my mentors, like studio practices worked and how some of like, you know, people that I admire, so how their studio practice worked. It was like, oh, you just go to this space and you have this kind of area where you um, meditate on these ideas read a lot, look at source imagery, come up with like, like kind of synthesize all that stuff into one cohesive, um, element and, um, and make like a picture about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, so it's kind of like a, it's not really like the polar opposite, but it's very different. It's a very different approach to like art making. Um, I mean, so with, with concept art and like, um, it's 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 for someone else it's like a it's for a purpose it's a utilitarian thing it's like this is this drawing is a is a kind of map for like this what this product will be what this end finish goal will be um and i just couldn't do that i couldn't come to terms with that being the way that the art was made right um and so i just never found like i never found like peace doing it it was fun. Is that what you? So you went to school though for computer, yeah, like rendering or computer three D. It was three D animation or okay. digital arts was the major. Yeah, um, and there were like two different focuses. One was like interactive art, which was more of a um, like more of an art art type thing, yeah. and then um, and then three D animation, which was more of like a design type thing. Right. And I went towards that because I, I had this background. Um, and um, it, it paid off. I mean, like I made, I, I ended up making, like we all made these, I have a thesis movie. I mean, mm-hmm. like a four minute long animation, which was very difficult. <laughs> I yeah. will never do it again, probably. Animations. I mean, who knows? Maybe I will. <laughs> um, a lot of people ask if I'd ever consider like sort of melding these two things together. Where I have this like 3D, the digital knowledge. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'd ever like implement that into my um, studio practice, um, and I mean, I, I'm like sort of, I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm thinking about things that I can add to my studio practice, which is where it's not like I'm just drawing. Yeah. I'm not just journaling and doing this kind of like, I guess, kind of like very old school kind of approach to an arts practice. And I haven't thought about how exactly that could work, but um, it's on the horizon. It might might happen. It's like kind of one of those things is like you have in a studio, like if you had in like your... Uh your art toolkit, just like someone gave you all these pastels or you've been you know, drawing with pastels since a kid and, but you never do it in your practice, but it's just kind of there and you could use it if you want. Like you have yeah. that, that ability if you really yeah. want to use it, yeah. but then it's the difficulty of like, okay, how does it fit? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what animation is a big part of what I do, but it was so, uh, it's so uninformed and so like organically happened. Like mm-hmm. I never thought I would do that. I never went to school for it. I mean, right. I didn't even really, I learned like soft image in school. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's it's pronounced how, soft image. Soft image. <laughs> that's what we call it. <laughs> See, I, I changed it to soft image because a lot of people were like soft image. What the hell? I have a joke about, about this. Like my <laughs> I have jokes about this with my friend. Like I'm not calling it soft image. I'm calling it soft image. Okay. Right. It's, called, it's Goddamn soft image. <laughs> right, it, they called it soft image whenever we yeah. learned it. But, you know, it was so rudimentary, and yeah. I, I just didn't really. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think it's it it's, but you you approach it. You have this this sort of like organic, like I I was I gravitated towards this, and I integrated it into my practice in a very yeah. like casual way. Right. And um, I mean, I think, and I you see this a lot with with like people that go to school for a thing and then they come out of school and they're like expected to do it. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, I don't know if I can because I have such a structured, um, way of thinking about doing this thing. It's like hard to break away from this idea. Right. It's hard to break away from this conventional wisdom that I have been imparted with. Um, would you liken it to if you went to school for like classical composition or you played like classical guitar and mm-hmm. then you get out and you're, I mean, absolutely you're in a rock band and it's like, Oh, well I'm kind of used to sheet music or at least structuring this stuff more or, well, I, I don't know. I mean like it's, I, I, as a kid I played violin mm-hmm. for like, I was classically, I like had classical training on the violin from like the age of like 10 to like when I was 19. And when I was 19, I like just put it down. I couldn't do it anymore. I just like, it was too, it was, it, I couldn't think of a way to use it other than the very like classical, like Baroque training, like, um, it's not really a thing, <laughs> but, um, I couldn't think of a different way to use it. And so I just started like trying to play other instruments. Like I picked up guitar and I like taught myself how to use that. And I, st- I mean, I still try and play guitar a lot because yeah. I find it to be comfortable. I know how to eat, I know how to do it. I know how to relax and do it. Whereas like with the violin, which I do try and pick up sometimes, it's still like very like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's just like this loaded experience. It has a lot, like a lot of history behind it. And I feel like people have this problem with painting. It's yeah. like they come out of school and they like have this very, like very specific idea for what it has to be. Right. Um, and do you think that's, that's, I don't know how to do you think that's like learned or that's just someone's relationship to it? Do you know what I mean? Kind of like, yeah, like, cause I imagine if you're just really, really into music, mm-hmm. then you'll find a way to make it work. You'll find the instrument. Like you could go through lessons, you could go through the punk band or whatever it is, but in the end of the day, you're just going to play and you're, you're comfortable with just music, you know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like, I wonder if that happens with art too. If it's just like, you're just compelled to make things and you just find the Avenue. Yeah. And then there's some people go to it because they have an interest in it. But mm-hmm. then school almost like you see it with people, it like turns them off and yeah. they, they disengage and kind of walk away from it. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I mean, wonder what the temperament is there. I feel, I feel like it has to be kind of both. Like it has to be, it's a bit of like the person either gravitates to it or doesn't. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's like, it's like you can, you can like let go of these things and like maybe like it, your interest surpasses that, that, that experience of like being told how it is. But I mean, sometimes you're lucky and you, you, um, you don't, you don't have to, like, you're not, um, you don't have that experience. Like you just happened upon it. Right. 
like you just happen upon this thing and you discover that you're like really like in, engaged with it and it really like gets you going. Right. Like I wonder what my relationship would be to animation if I actually went to school and studied it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like wonderfully um, kept away from getting good at anything. <laughs> 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 like with music, I, ne- I had like maybe three saxophone lessons. Uh-huh. I played in school band, but it was, you know, super basic. Yeah. Um, I took a few piano lessons, never stuck with it. Mm. I taught myself guitar. I taught, like, in school, I took art classes, but no one ever really showed me how to paint. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't learn how to, like, classically Yeah. Paint. yeah. I even, like, studied when I grew up in Pittsburgh with this guy, just for a little bit, who was, you know, like a John Singer Sargent-style painter. Yeah. But I just ended up cleaning the studio and like hanging out. I didn't actually learn glazing and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I feel like it's easier in a way if you don't get really technically proficient in something. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, it, yes, absolutely. I, I think, I, I mean, I took a couple classes, like, like life painting classes at Pratt. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was ever like classically trained. Right. Like I was ever like really like brought under the, the wing of like, you know, and old old like master painter right um and so i mean i i don't know it's like those conventions are like so they 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 don't they don't really matter it's like you 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 paint the way that you paint right Right. yeah um and i mean i i weirdly enough i feel like i feel myself gravitating more and more towards like trying to learn like some of that stuff like how how do how do you do like grisaille how do you do like like this, this sort of like old style, old old school underpainting. Um, like what paints were used? Like <laughs> the, the dead palette. The dead palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I I got um, I, I got really excited about like like what black is Caravaggio using? <laughs> right. Like did this like whole deep dive on it. It's like it's bone black. You have to use bone black. And so I ended up using a bunch of bone black recently. <laughs> I was just like really excited about it. I'm like, oh no, everything is black now. What am I doing? <laughs> See, but the good thing about that is you were, you went to it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You weren't as like a freshman or a sophomore beaten into your head by some like old professor of like, right. this is the correct way to paint. And it, and it felt so good to like be on the computer being like Google, and, like, right. how do I do this thing? And like really just have this genuine interest in like learning how this thing is done. Yeah. Um, because I do, in the back of my head, sort of already know this. Like, I knew it was bone black. And I knew, like, I know some of these techniques. But, like, but like they were sort of taught to me in passing. Like, I didn't go to half the classes. Like, you yeah, know. you really have to do it to learn it. Yeah. Like, you could hear about color theory. Mm-hmm. But until you start putting, you know, reds next to blues and oranges. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. You, you kind of have to learn through that experience. And it, if you're not that interested in it when you're at that point... Mm-hmm. How deep are you going? You yeah. know what I mean? But then again, I mean, I was also, I did have an experience like where I, in school where like, you know, Joseph Albers, Hans Hoffman, like all these things were put in front of me and I had this like real like, oh my God, color works in this way. Yeah. Like color can create space and like ha- have weight and have gravity. And like just with like, just putting like a yellow against like a red and then like a blue over here and a flat gray and like it creates like an actual space. Um, and this is when I was like, like tr- drawing 
goddamn concept art. <laughs> like, and I'm <laughs> I like, I was going to say, did that, <laughs> did that go into the computer it, stuff? It did. And I was like trying to like talk because I was working with like all these people online and I was trying to like explain like, well, actually color is like this amazing, beautiful thing. And they're like, please just draw the guns, <laughs> like draw the guns for the video game, <laughs> draw the jetpacks. <laughs> right. They don't want to hear about, they don't want to hear about colors it. and yeah. And I was like, cool. I was really frustrated by this actually. It's just like, I want to have my artist experience and my video games at the same time. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't going to happen. So I, I had to like, it's like fish or cut bait, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like though, as an artist who has lived in that world, mm. uh, when you see like either, you know, movies like animated movies or, or kind of like video games that actually engage that it's like amazing. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah. These people do know about, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They know about color, like they're messing with it. And it's, oh yeah, it's kind of fun. I, those are the games that I love. Like there's, there's a couple apps. I don't really put games on my phone, but there's a couple that are just so beautiful. That, mm-hmm. You know, and they really get color and light and dark. And the, there the are so many. I mean, and it's only gotten. I mean, it's only become like more, like more and more over the years. It's like games have become more and more like beautiful. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a game Journey. You know, Journey that game. Um, I don't. It's. I mean, it came out on in P, on the PS3 and like like years back, but, um, it just came out on PC and I bought it. (laughs) Um, but it's like, it's just, you, you should check it out. It's like, really, it's one of the most, like, it's one of the most beautiful games I've like played ever for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the way like an RPG or something, it's, it's truly like you could beat the game in like maybe two or three hours. I think it's, it's a very quick like story. That Um, sounds good for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you, yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, it's the color, the colors are very considered all of the, like all of the shapes are like really important to like telling the story. Um, everything is just really well curated. Yeah. And, um, it's just, it just feels, it's just like a really amazing experience. It's also online. So like halfway into the story as you play, like another character that is like you mm-hmm. is like playing the game with you and you like develop this connection to this like nameless anonymous, like bot. other player. <laughs> right. No, not a bot. It's another person. Oh, it's someone. Yeah. So like you guys, like the two people, like, kind of help each other out and like you know like help each other get forward and it's like it's actually like this really wonderful experiment and like like connection with another person yeah because you don't know who they are you have no context for like what what they're doing but they're playing with you you know they're like going through this this level with you and you're helping each other out and like sometimes you'll lose each other and you'll get really sad because the person is gone right (laughs) but like they're still playing the game with you and it's like it's just like this really amazing idea um, for like a video game, like because you're because you play the game like by yourself for a good you know twenty thirty minutes before yeah. before another person comes in, um, and it's really really cool. <laughs> like injects emotion. Yes, absolutely. Into it. Yeah, that sounds cool. Have you ever played? It's on the phone. It's called Islands. No, I don't know what that is. I'll show you it. It's yeah. just like one of those. It's not even a game. It's like a puzzle sort of thing. But the 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 visual of it is really yeah. cool, and the sound is really great. Yeah. I love like that kind of, so, well, so how did you, you started with, when did the computer stuff start? Oh, I was like 12. Like, I mean, we, like I, 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 um, a friend of mine and I like got our hands on like a, like a game engine. Mm -hmm. It's called Torque Game Engine. Um, and, uh, they used it to make this game Tribes. I mean, it was like one of this, this really like, um, it's kind of like Half-Life, generation of of video games um and i was like really young but i mean he was really interested in programming 
And I was really interested in drawing like video game characters and, you know, all this like stuff for it. So it like was like, okay, so you'll make the art and I'll do the back end stuff. I'll do the programming. I'll do like put it all together. Right. Um, and we spent the next seven years doing none of that. We made zero <laughs> things. We, we didn't do anything. <laughs> we tried to make a bunch of stuff and it didn't work. You just hung out in that world. Yeah. We just like, <laughs> I would like literally bring my computer over to his house and we would like sit there and like try and make a video game. Right. <laughs> this is my idea of like having friends and hanging out when I was like 13, 14. <laughs> Um, and where was it? This, so you you were born in Flushing? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I was born in Flushing, but this was in like su- in like suburban Long Island. I'm from Suffolk County, okay, Rocky Point. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we would just we would just play video games all day, or you know, work on like work, quote unquote, on video games. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I had so much fun uh, like doing that, and it like I mean, it, it it's how I started drawing. You know, it's how right. I like really started getting into like. Um, art really. So was it a little less like high school art class and a little more? Like, oh yeah, the gaming online or not online, but the gaming world that kind of it gave it your it, visual interest. It did because it gave it purpose. Like like I was saying before, like how it how the purpose of concept art is kind of the reason why I gravitated away from it. But like having that purpose in like the initial stages of it, like for that was for it's for a reason. Yeah, like I'm not just drawing pictures of like my friends and art in art class or whatever. Um, I, uh, like to have this like, like reason to draw things was, was kind of important for me at that, at that point. But isn't I was like, it, isn't it funny though? Cause it's kind of flipped. Yeah. Cause that's like a virtual world or. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and draw the real people. <laughs> I need like a story to get behind. Yeah. You know? it's I mean, of, I, I like, I was like a kind of reclusive kid, so I like didn't want to draw the real people. I, it's no like fantasy, to, right? Yeah. Like escapism in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But the story, that's the thing. Like, I feel like now, n- like in recent history, mm-hmm. the narratives and the stories have gotten so much more complex and engaging and just the medium and like how good things are. Yeah. As far as like the way like effects and all that stuff work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like we used to, I, with my son, we just watched the other day, like an old star Wars movie and yeah. it's still great. Yeah. The story is great, but the effects are like at this point, they're really funny. Yeah. They're, yeah. But yeah. they're great, but mm-hmm. you can, put that in the context you know what i mean like if someone didn't know anything about star wars and just saw those effects would be like oh my god this is terrible yeah i mean you and you develop like a kind of like weird nostalgia maybe misplaced nostalgia for that type of for the look of that that stuff but like when you're when you're when you're young you're just looking for this like for like the biggest like the 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 avengers scale like like you want the biggest and the you don't you don't have any you don't have any context for like for like you know how charming some of those old right. effects are yeah yeah like you it's it's hard you don't understand like the drama behind it or like the the history of it right which in a lot of ways like i get excited when i see like han solo or not no, sorry uh obi-wan take like the the lightsaber comes out yeah like the first time where right. they like when they're like it's luke and obi-wan i'm like oh my god it's like it's a bad it's a bad effect and they centered like the whole story around the fact that they could do this right. <laughs> um, but at they, the time it was amazing yeah it was amazing it's like it's like well we can we can do laser swords and lasers and a lot of laser stuff <laughs> so like let's make a whole movie about lasers and then they did right <laughs> and this is one of the most yeah celebrated like, movies of all time right exactly <laughs> and they're still going they're still i mean yeah they're still going palpatine is back right <laughs> something like that well he just got that Fallen Order video game. Oh yeah, the new Star Wars video game. Oh yeah, on PlayStation. Is it is it good? Have you played it? I mean, I know I'm not a gamer, so I can't. I mean, I mean, it looks great. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like want to play video games. Like I'm telling my husband all the time now, I just like, I want to get a PlayStation. I want to see what happens if I get a PlayStation. What will happen is it'll just sit there because I have no time. I was going to say either that or you'll just get hooked. And yeah. Never make any work. Because <laughs> yeah. It's just like, stuck. I can't, sorry, I can't do the show. It's got to finish this level. <laughs> Playing a God of War or something, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. now like our, I feel like our entertainment society mm. is so based on just finishing yeah. Because like a season of something comes out, you're like, you know what? You'll see me in three days. I'm yeah. going to finish this season or whatever. Yeah. That never used to be possible. Yeah. Except for video games. Mm-hmm. And like that was the the trap basically. It's right. like, okay, you know, I'm going to buy this new Mario game or something. I'll just like sit in a room for a week yeah. until my parents yell at me to get, like, get out of the house or something. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's that's the danger of it is you could just... Well, everything is weirdly appified, it seems like even, even, um, even art really. Yeah. I mean, I honestly got into painting, I think via like Instagram, like it became clear that I could basically do the whole thing, like start the whole like professional quote unquote arts practice via Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it's very much how it happened for me. Like, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what my like, like whatever like like ebbing um career that's happening would look like if i didn't have the app right you know like all of these things are everything is appified everything dating is appified so i met my husband (laughs) right yeah (laughs) no it's 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 basically the mediation of everything now yeah and if you think about it so comfortable in a way too because the things that are tried and true we use whether it's like music yeah. You know, just throwing it on your app and putting on music anywhere you go yeah. or, you know, or communicating through like email or whatever. whatever it is. It's just, we're just mediated, you know, yeah. you know, I was talking to someone else about that. We're basically cyborgs. We are, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, everything's going through that phone. Yeah. Like um, it or not. It becomes, it becomes, it's a permanent, it's a permanent fixture. Um, it's weird. I mean, sometimes I do include a cell phone in a, and a painting. Yeah. Um, and it's always like this weird moment of like, well, this makes me uncomfortable. Like some, a person came to my studio and was like, you're really dating your work by putting that in there. <laughs> I'm like, well, fucking so, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm but alive now. I'm alive now. <laughs> but, um, it's like, I think, I think the, in, the, the insinuation was also that like maybe in some way I'm cheapening the painting by adding this, like make, by, by adding this phone, making it like this kind of commonplace thing. But I'm like, it's like quick content. Yeah, something. it's quick content. Yeah. But like, and, and it's also like, it's people will see a phone in a, in a painting and they understand it to be this very particular thing. And they right. kind of like, it's easy. I think it's easier to pigeonhole a painting when you see a cell phone in Definitely. it. Definitely. But I mean, it's also, it's also very like, it's like kind of important to have it there for like, if you're talking about like a specific moment in time of feeling or like, Maybe like maybe it's like you and your partner sitting there on a bed and they're on their phone. You want them to pay attention to you, right? Like you need the f- you need the cell phone in the picture in order to tell that story. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you need um, you need to have you need to have it for like for all these moments of like how do I feel about this thing? I see it's like I'm using my phone all the time. Like, it's made, it's made this picture of a of a person using their cell phone like in the dark like mm-hmm. by themselves and there's like a like uplight cast on their face and I'm just like yeah this is like a moment in time that I have a real resonance with like right. sitting in the dark by myself on my cell phone cravenly looking at other people's lives like yeah 
No, and I think it, it, to avoid that is it's like hyper self-conscious because think about all the great art in history. There's so many signifiers of a certain time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's like Manet with a guy with a lute. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. or, you know, someone like named June Peck. With yeah. Like all those TV monitors being those TV monitors. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, I yes. love seeing it in that format. Yeah. I, you, you, it's, I think the dating thing is, is, um, it's kind of like a non, a non critique. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, I mean, I, I guess for other people it might be more, I guess if you're like, I guess I feel like you're maybe working in like in a style that is dated, like you like modernism, like you're like really heavily like like referencing modernism. Maybe yeah. you're like this work looks like a modernist in like the like the 1920s painted it like yeah. or something. But that that so that's a different conversation. It's like it's not about content; it's about style. Um, technique or yeah. style. Yeah, right. The look of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know. I did some. Uh, I, there's one painting that I did in the early 2000s and there was an ad for Nokia phones in it and it's one of those flip phones. Got it, yeah. And I love that. Uh-huh. That that's, because I immediately, when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think back at it and be like, oh God, I, I put that in and that's really, mm-hmm. you know, takes it away from it or something because it, it dates it. I, yeah. I kind of love that it dates it. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you have a sense of like, of the then and there, um, <laughs> which is, which is a, uh, charming it makes it's like has its own it has its own flavor has a flavor definitely well how did the uh the migration from you know working with i i know you were doing it as a job too Mm -hmm. but working on the computer and then starting to work with painting how did it go um well actually i i was really uh, (laughs) it's like not to not to like you know (laughs) i I mean i'm 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 a fan of your work i'm Mm -hmm. a fan of like i'm a fan of um of uh, brian wilmot um morgan blair Mm-hmm. I, I, I like I really like when I when I was like still working on the computer and trying to like make my art and like my studio practice sort of work together. I was like really looking at at work that had this kind of graphic, very like very like hard edge vectory vectory. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was interested in it. I was like I was like this reminds me of what I do on the computer, what I just went to school for, all this stuff. Um, and so I started like. I started trying to use tape. <laughs> started started trying to use tape. None of these paintings will be seen by anyone. <laughs> um, but there is a large period of time where I was like really just trying to make like make paintings, like oil paintings that sort of referenced like uh, digital imagery. Yeah. That like had this very polygonal look or like this hard edged kind of like computer interface type thing. And um, at the time, I was also looking at like like minimalist painting and um, like just abex. Like like I still, when I talk about like people that I'm interested in, like as far as like people that I reference a lot, I talk about like Adolf Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. Um, um, actually, the, this painter now Don Visine. Um, he's uh, and there's just like a number of like like abstract painters that I find to be like really interesting and still play a, a role in like how I think about organizing compositions and um, the types of shapes that I want to use and yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, so I was sort of, I was like looking at like your work <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to do something. I wanted to use that kind of language to maybe like carry myself over from the computer into like, you know, using paint, using the canvas, um, right. using brushes. Um, do you feel, I'm guessing this is presumptive, but that at first it was you were using the tape and trying to get things to look 
kind of like vectory or like computery in a way. Yeah. But then yeah. you migrated like some of the things you're talking about, like the design elements or the, the formal qualities mm-hmm. of working with that media. Maybe some of that translated it in, but you were able to be a little more organic with the figures that you were using. And yeah, I stopped meticulously, like like working on edges. I yeah. just got away from it because I found the way I found using, I found using tape and like pulling it off and seeing a bleed or like working on an edge and like not being able to like really get it to like look good or like have a cohesive feel to it. I just found it to be like too suffocating. Yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> like, it's it very be. like, ang- like it's just, I'm, I'm a very anxious person. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I like respect, I respect like artists, artists that can, um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, so I just started like, well, I was like, what do I, what do I want out of this? Like, what am I doing this for? Um, what am I interested in? Like with using, like, why, why do I want these edges to exist? And so I just like started like kind of playing with like blurring them. Like I'd put the edge there, but then I would like blur it in a way that like created a soft gradient. And I'm like, well, this actually reminds me a bit of illustrator. Yeah. This reminds me of like, um, of like vector art. This reminds me of like, um, it says this kind of weird digital feel to it. And it was interesting to me because I was thinking a lot about like our relationship to these apps, our relationship as like human beings to like the internet and how we talk over it and like how our, how the, how we approach people differently and, how it changes the person that we are and the type of person that we project ourselves out on the internet to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to make these paintings about like this kind of imagined like avatar version of ourselves. So I started painting these like weird figures that were kind of like hyper simplified, sort of faceless, like sort of like without identity, without like a real, like that's this person. Like it's a person, but it's not really a person. It's not like a, like a, like a, I can't tell you who that person is. Like almost more like emoji like in the sense that it's like a, it's yeah. a stand in for, it's a stand in. It's an avatar. Yeah. It's like supposed it's to be personality necessarily. Yeah. And, um, so I started, started painting about like, like trying to talk about like these, these experiences that I was having on the internet, um, which were large in part, like these like queer experiences, like, like, you know, using grinder or using, um, Tinder, even just going out on dates with people and mm-hmm. like, you know, you put yourself out there in this way that is not really you. You, I mean, it's half you, maybe even mostly you, or sometimes not even really you at all. Like, mm-hmm. and you really don't, you really can't tell with any with anybody, like the person that you're going out with, how how much of them of their actual of their actual self they've committed to this representation they've created of themselves. Right. Um, so I just like got really nerdy about this idea, <laughs> um, and I wanted to like make work about it. Um, and so I sort of started making these figures. Um, at first they were like, I was trying to tape and like make these like really weird, like, like kind of like collage looking, like just layers of paint, layers of paint. Like suddenly there's a face there or like mm-hmm. a body there. And I was just experimenting really. And then, um, and then it slowly has become more and more to like where it is now where I'm like kind of, kind of like actually painting figures. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have personality, but they're still kind of, I think the one thing is the repetition of the form of the figures, mm. how they feel similar in a way kind mm. of create, it's almost like they're their own population of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's telling the story, but it's not so much housed in 
kind of like, you know, like outfits or like the look of people today. What it's just yeah. its own. It still has like an avatary feel to it, but it definitely feels like now, like people hanging out now. And yeah, you know, maybe that is like why the phone or like things like that are important too, because yeah. it it sort of places it within the context of the kind of communication that's. And the emotions with those communications that it seems like the figures are navigating. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're, I, I feel, I feel like we are like separated as, um, like art, like the people that we are now and the way that we communicate separates us from like past generations and the way that they have, like we, we have like, there's no, there's like very little point of comparison between the way that like our parents would communicate and the way that we do. Right. Um, and, um, like we we just we just have such a different way of interacting with each other, and it's unprecedented. Um, it really complicates those relationships too between older people and younger people. It does, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like that's just as relevant. Like it's not you know like they in in like older people have to figure out how to communicate with us over these devices, and right. they don't understand the significance of like of like. Um, you know, when, when somebody comes over text and like, they're not like, they don't throw an exclamation point in, they seem kind of flat. Maybe they seem a little mad Mm -hmm. or, um, or, uh, just like, I don't know, like you, you talk, speak with an older person over, over the phone. You're just like, Oh my God, you have no idea how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, hard. It's a different language. Yeah, it is. And when you don't under, and it's, there's a real art to, um, kind of like translating Mm -hmm. the, like communication over media yeah. and over like digital platforms. So it's, it, if you don't speak that language, it can be, it can get really garbled yeah. and kind of muddy. And what happens in, in that garbled and muddy place is what I'm interested in. I'm like, people yeah. get, people get their feelings hurt. People like, you know, like that experience of like not knowing what somebody else is, who somebody else is or what they're really saying. Um, is is really compelling to me and i think a real issue like that has i mean it's always been there but like it's is so amplified by the fact that we communicate the way that we do now um and i just i think that it, it plays into the way that these characters come up in my in my work um and like the types of stories that i want to tell in my paintings like they're always in some way influenced by like some miscommunication or like some some back and forth like that is maybe in person, but like, I feel like not always in person, like this kind of idea of like our relationship. we like mostly talk, like we mostly talk with the people that we're in relationships with on the phone. Yeah. We don't like you were, you were telling me about your wife. Like you don't see her very often. Yeah. You probably t- text her all the time though. Yeah, definitely. Right. So you have this, you have your relationship is centered around this experience with, her on the phone right yeah and you have to deal with like knowing how to how she talks to you when she'll talk to you like what to expect from her coming out of this thing and like it all comes out of this little stupid screen right that's terrifying i know (laughs) that's terrifying (laughs) but you get good at just like any other kind of i don't know situation you adapt and you can kind of understand it to the best of your abilities i think the beta version of any sort of um, progress is always exposes the difficulties in it mm-hmm. the, the most kind of glaringly. Yeah. And uh, I remember early chat boards before like oh, in yeah. the early parts of the internet where, oh, yeah. I mean, it was the wild west and you had no idea who you're talking to or what mm-hmm. was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people started getting busted for like, 
you know, having online relationships with like mm-hmm. kids of different age or whatever it is. Yep. But it was like, I mean, that is the difficulty is that it's all kind of mediated. Right. You know, it's not face to face. And I think another, like that's the beta version of it. But I think what happens now is the more and more people grow up communicating this way, they have less of an, not ability, but less kind of comfort in face to face communication. Because so much of it can be handled not Mm -hmm. face to face, you know? But I also think it takes away this element of objectivity and like feeling like you can know what is being said or like this feeling yeah. of like knowing what is real is like a constant thing for me. I'm like constantly like at a point where I'm like, should I feel this way about this thing? Because I feel like my, my emotions about it are constructed primarily because of interactions I've had over my phone. Yeah. Um, or things that I've learned on my phone, things that I've like gleaned from using my phone, like I'm on an app or something and I'm like, like someone's not talking to me, but they're on this other thing. And I'm like, I like make these observations and it, and nothing because of it, I feel like things seem so much less real. Um, and I wonder what that means for, for people who are growing up with it. Like how, like, I feel like my understanding of like, like what is objectively real and what is not is like kind of rooted in like these like interactions in person. Right. It's like, I, I like, I can tell you that like, Oh, well this happened because I, I spoke to you or like, and I, and I got this, I got this read from you and it feels like an objective read because like we're two human beings in a room and I can like sense your emotions. I can, you know, there's so much, there's so many um, cues that we have that are like taken away from us by this phone. And like, I think what you're saying too is like when, um, in, in learning and learning how to, how to communicate with somebody, you can kind of pick up on those things. Like they're intimated to you in other ways. Right. But, um, but it's still not the genuine thing. And I still feel like for me, I'm like left without this sense of feelings like, like I solidly know how things are. Yeah. No, I totally agree. But I think what happens is when you learn it from the jump Mm -hmm. or it's, you're in that realm, you feel almost more comfortable in that kind of not, it's not isolation, but that removal, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And instead of being kind of like alienated or feeling alienated, which I think if you're a transition generation, yeah, it can feel alienating because you know what the growing up with just hanging out with kids all the time and not, yeah. you know, texting your friends or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then like it, when you transition to that, you can kind of feel alienated or like that you're, you know, you're, you've changed yeah. your, your mode of communication stage. Mm-hmm. But if you grow up in that, maybe that's just the more comfortable thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And maybe those face-to-face or like quote-unquote real interactions mm-hmm. are more anxiety-producing than yeah. anything else because you're like, oh my god, I'm on the spot. You know? What I mean? uh-huh. Well, I feel I feel like you've pegged me as being one of these like in, in a transitional generation. It's like I feel like I was given these tools for this one thing, mm-hmm. and then with this new thing, it's like I'm having. I feel like I have trouble with this this style of of interacting with people. Right. It makes me feel so like far away. I think I would much prefer to have like, like re like I, I, I prefer to not have it. Right. I, I think a lot about like how, you know, how, um, people used to date in bars or they'd go out to these like zones, these like spaces where like, I mean, even cruising or like they just like physically these things would happen in these areas yeah. and you can kind of go to them and understand the 
rules of them, and maybe they're not written on a wall, but you can at least understand the nature of the space. Right. And even with a bar, where it's like, I mean, it's not just a, I mean, like talking about cruising, but like you go to a bar like in like the 70s or 80s, it's like I'm, I'm coming here to like, you know, see if I can pick somebody up. Yeah. Or like just meet somebody or talk to somebody. Um, I just always like really enjoyed like going out and like meeting somebody organically and like striking up a conversation with them. And then at the end of the evening, just being like, hey, yeah, here's my number. Like, let's get let's get coffee or something. Right. Like, I just like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that seems to have it's, faded. A bit. It's faded. Everything is is like you say, it's um, it's sort of pumped through the phone. So I don't know. I mean, like my I feel like like getting back to this conversation about my like the, the work that I make, it's very much it's very much influenced by that experience of, of not, of not knowing how to real, how to like deal with these, deal with this, like the way that we meet each other, the way that we interact with each other now. Yeah. Like there's always this question mark. It doesn't feel like ever like this, like moment of like complete, like, like a, like it's, it's affection asterisk. It's like, it's right. like, well, yeah, but there's so many questions that I have because it's like the, our, our relationship is built on, on like using a phone. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's why your work, like it's so important that you're making the work that you're making because that voice of that phenomenon is like talking about transitions. Like there's always a transition, right? Yeah. But that's a specific transition. I feel like in my generation, we were so analog for a, a long time mm-hmm. that by the time this whole texting and social media thing came around, we're it, we're almost at the point. I feel I'm, as if I'm speaking for a voice of like everyone my age, but please, <laughs> almost like, kind of like oh, good because I don't really want to deal with people anymore anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you yes. get older and you're like you know you're like okay, this just makes everything easier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas if you're a little younger and you're kind of you're not at that phase of just wanting, well, yeah, I mean, wanting to hang out in your room by yourself all the time because <laughs> you're tired of people. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, and I and I mean, I also don't mean to try and speak for people my age. I, I I don't think that I feel like people have a much healthier relationship with this than I do. <laughs> I'm like also just like such a I'm, I'm like such a mush when it comes to like I don't know I'm very sensitive. <laughs> no, but like um, I, I you know I, I read into stuff. I read into stuff a lot. Like right. I I think that a lot of these things that bother me are just like a byproduct of me like letting my feelings get out of it out of control and i just like end up like i end up sublimating it in my work um well that's kind of what works for though right yeah no i mean not just specifically that no yeah subject matter but thinking like like i feel like most artists when you sit in a room and make work all the time you at a certain point you're like am i overthinking this or like <laughs> yeah. am i getting a little lost in my world but yeah. that's kind of where it gets good when you just yeah you do yeah you know you turn everything off and you get into your headspace and your zone and you're just like this is really important yeah you know yeah. no matter what the subject matter is that could be like minimalist mm-hmm. you know what i mean talking about one black line going across the canvas hell yeah like, <laughs> this is the world you yeah. know it's but amazing. the world is you know a Frank Stella piece where it's like wrapping around you and, and you know, like a, a Bruce Nauman video of spitting water in the air, whatever it Amazing, is. Yeah. But that, I feel like that's when it gets good as you, you kind of have, and why a lot of times other people who aren't artists don't understand this whole need to just be in your headspace or just be like, mm. I've got to just sit in a chair and think about nothing for, or just think for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because a job requirement, that's kind of a funny line of like, you know, I have to just go sit for a couple hours in my studio and stare at the wall. I love that. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to implement that into my studio practice. Like, it is very frantic where it's, I mean, right now it's like, it's like I, ha- I have to make paintings. I have to like make paintings pretty quickly. 
and I want to be in this practice of like going to my studio and just spending more time there reading like I have this idea of what I want my studio practice to be and it's very clear which is good because I feel like it's like I know what I want yeah <laughs> but it's just like getting there that's really difficult like I'm making these um I'm, I'm trying something new I'm making these four paintings from um, a friend's photographs mm-hmm. which is like normally I would draw I just draw an idea draw an idea draw an idea but I wanted to try something different I'm making some work for a group show um and it's really, really exciting to try this new, like to like kind of allow like my friend to figure out um, a lot of these problems for me, like how the light works, how the figures are organized. And um, I still like reinterpret. I still like process it all in my sketchbook, but um, it's just a different approach. And it allows it allows for more thinking. It's a, it allows for me to like kind of imagine like there's more mystery with the image than there is with the, when I just come up with the idea, it's like very clear to me, like what the feeling is when I have drawn it out. Yeah. yeah. When I've done like a concept drawing. Right. Um, it's like his photographs. Like, I'm not sure what his, what his, what the people in his, uh, photos are thinking or how they're feeling and what's going on with them. Um, so it removes this element that I'm can, I'm wondering if it's crucial to my work, this like very clear knowing of like how the feelings in the picture are organized. <laughs> yeah. Like what happens if you lose a little control of that? Yeah. It's really, it's kind of scary. I don't know if I'll keep doing it, but it's very exciting to like see this new thing happen. Yeah. And it also takes a lot of the onus off of me. Like there's, he has like really hard shadows in his, um, in his photographs and I'm painting those. It's something I never do. Um, I'm trying these new things because of this, thing so like this is what i want my studio practice to be is like where i have this like i'm trying new stuff out spending more time reading yeah, yeah. <laughs> reading is a really big part of it it's just yeah. one more time for books like, right yeah you don't do as well that's a great lead-in for like audio in the studio do you listen to books on tape while you're working never is that too distracting Ooh, i don't ever really listen to books on tape i just listen to music god i said books on tape i guess audio books is how we would prefer. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> no I, <laughs> books on tape audio books yeah uh, sometimes um Music, though? Music, just mostly music. It's mainly music. What's your, I mean, all violin concertos? Or? Um, no, I mean, it's actually, sometimes, like, I just, um, um, there's this composer, Vianevsky, that I've been listening to a lot. He, uh, he's, like, crazy, crazy weird, like, very, 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 like, technically, technically difficult music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just picked up that. And, um, no, I mean, I, like, like, listen to, like, emo music a lot i'm listening yeah. to like at the drive-in or like um what's at the drive i don't know um it's at the drive-in what like lineage this. of like the emo that i uh well I, I i wouldn't call i wouldn't call at the drive-in emo but i it's like it's like post post hardcore i okay. guess it's um they became the mars volta okay um or like um and but like also like whitney houston mariah carey and sure um diana ross Never, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Di- yeah. Put that on. The All right. Studio. Got it. <laughs> Adding that to my list. Diana Ross. <laughs> Specifically my piano. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, music is a huge thing for me cause I like, I actually use, I only use, um, lyrics to title my work. Yeah. Um, like Frank Ocean or, um, a lot of Lady Gaga. Listen to Lady Gaga a lot. <laughs> Do you have a painting called Applause? Uh, not yet, but um, I've definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You can be sure. Um, no, uh, Whitney Houston is pretty big for like like people that I like. You know, steal titles from. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it just um, there's something about music that um, 
that really does it for me. It does, it does a lot of the same stuff that I want to do or like that. I want my paintings to be effective in doing and like communicating this like wordless. I mean, it's, it's worded in music, but like this emotion, it doesn't like, it's not necessary that the, that the, like it's, it's about the sound. It's about the feeling that is projected with the music. Um, you just have a sense of like what the emotions are without, without the words, like the words can be there and they can tell a story, but like, it's really about like this all encompassing, like the moment of like the song, the song tells you how you should feel. Um, I want my paintings to be able to do that, be able to have this like direct kind of emotionality. It's like direct connection. Makes total sense because your paintings, it's not like they're instrumental. Like I would think like abstraction would be instrumental. Yeah. But yours have the figures, which is kind of the lyrics, but it doesn't. Yeah. It'll give you the feeling, but it's not prescriptive. Like it's not like A, B, C, D. Right. There's still interpretation I, there, but it, it, it kind of creates an idea. Yeah. I, and I mean, I hope that it's not even really necessarily important that the idea that I want, that the idea that I'm having in making it is the same one that right. the person is having. It's mostly that my, my, my hope is that... Um, if somebody looking at my painting has like an understanding with it, like it's like they look at it and they're like, I know what that feels like. Yeah. I understand what this feels like. I can, and, may, and maybe it's not what I painted. Maybe it's not what I thought, but like they have that connection. They have that resonance with it. That that is what I hope for everything when I'm working on a thing. Yeah. And with music, I feel like people have that. Like when they hear a song, they're like, I get this. I have this feeling. Like it's making me feel like this way that I, you know, I was fighting with my like partner earlier or like, I had like a, you know, argument with my mom or something like that. Yeah. Like songs have this weird, like, um, like weird ability to like conjure up those types of like very specific feelings that you have about something or be yes. like really like memory based. Like I remember this reminds me of this really specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's visceral, right? It's visceral. Yeah, that's exactly it. So let's say you have a painting that's titled after a Gaga song. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, your paintings don't really look like Lady Gaga songs. Well, who do you think your paintings look like as far as like they don't musicians like or Lady songs or? Hmm. I don't know. I don't actually know. That's a great question. It stumped me. Um, it's a hard thing to apply. You know what I mean? It is. I, I do it all the time where I look at people's paintings and it, I'll think of musicians and yeah. songs. But I, a lot of people don't do that. I don't do it to myself, Mm -hmm. which makes sense that it's more of like an external thing. It's hard to kind of judge your own. It is. It is. I mean, I want to, I, I'm thinking Joni Mitchell. Okay. But I don't know if that's, I don't know. I mean, I might be patting myself on the back. (laughs) No, that that (laughs) Um, seems. um, Joni Mitchell is a little, I title work after her songs sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's probably the closest that it comes. Do you Um, like cat power? No, wait, who's Cap Hart? There that? you go. All right, writing this down too. Chan Marshall. She's good. Coming on Sound and Vision, I better be <laughs> ready to talk about music. <laughs> I know it's a disease. I can't not talk about music. No, I love it. No, it's totally, I, like, I, I think it's because it is really a, a big part of like what, what, like the, like it feeds into my work a lot, like, yeah. like music and the way that it sounds. And I, I, I played music for so long, it would make, it would, be absurd for it to not have a like connection a connection yeah because the creative process is you know it's yeah. really the the process right it's, it's that feeling same. you get when you're making it mm-hmm. same thing when you're playing music you yeah know, you just have that you you always well at least i don't know i always want to hit that zone mm-hmm. of where i'm just working and it feels 
good. Yeah. You know, I think for me, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like you show the work, it's great. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, that's cool. Oh, I really love this painting. But when you're in the studio doing it and you're like on hour six or seven yeah. or something. It's like it's synthesis. Like you're, yeah. you're taking all these things and putting them together in a way that is meaningful. That's the be- That's like, and that's why it like, I got away from like art for other people. It's like, it made sense to like have this space made sense to have this space where I can take all these varying, like various different things. Like, like I can take David Wojnarowicz, I can take, um, Lady Gaga, I can take, you know, the strokes, I can take, um, Vianevsky, I can take Wagner and put them all together in this space and like, like just put them down on a table and see what I can make of them. Right. And like, then I'm like, Oh yeah. Well I was fighting with my, with my partner before or like, Oh yeah. I was like, I had this experience like in the street where somebody like pushed me or like, and just take that and use all that stuff on the table to like make the thing on the wall. Yeah. Um, it's the most beautiful thing. It's like, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's like why I want to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in that, I mean, I feel that way about, you know, the environment too. Yeah. It's like the environment you're in and like trying to take all that stuff in, just talking about location of places yeah. and yeah. what it means to people, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and just letting it kind of abstractly be about, you know, life and yeah. what we're doing. You know, and being in the moment. Yeah. Which I think is, I don't know if like critics really care about that as much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's a little self-serving, but it feels good when you get into that zone and you're just making that work that feels quiet. Right. Yeah. Like has a quiet to it. It's like a meditative. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't work that way and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? But for me, that's, that's, well, that's the area that I'm interested in. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's something about your personal, it's about, it's about your, it's about your truth. Like it's about your, like the moment like that you have in that space where you're like, this is, I can't hear anything but this one thing. Mm -hmm. I like this, this is coming clear. This is clear for me. And it's special for me because it's like, I, I know that I'm the only one seeing this thing right now. Yeah. I need to talk about it. I need to make sure that like what, like in expressing it and expressing it and having people relate to it and see and see it and be like, I know what that feels like. It creates a communion. You commune with that person. Right. That's why it's so special to have that moment of connection. Like when somebody sees a painting of mine, like has that moment of connection, it's like, Oh, you're also experiencing this very specific thing. Um, um, that I spent all this time painting about. It's like, it felt, felt important enough to make a painting about. Um, felt really good for, to, to do that. That has been happening more and more. It means like, and like, and like I, I sort of like, curate the way that I do things because like I, I gravitate towards like I can I want to make paintings in this way because people have this resonance with it like people have resonance with this type of thing right and um, yeah it feels really good to do God, that. I w- that's such a gift I wonder if you were doing like backgrounds for like some Halo game or something honestly if you yeah Halo like let's talk about it. no I mean <laughs> no I, I was just wondering if you would have that feeling in, of oh if I with. was doing it if I yeah, was cons- like, if that's where you went, if the fork divided and you weren't making paintings and you were just like making the backdrops, I don't you would know. have that reflection. I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Not I, as I, deep. Right? I mean, not for me. I mean, and like, that's, that's a, that's a value judgment on my part. Like, it's just like some people do, I'm sure have like, like that's their, that's their medium. Like that's, that's their what they want to, that's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a friend that's a, that's a concept artist. That's like, all that just like talks about it like all the time in this, like in, in the same way that I talk about painting, you know, it's just like, it's, it's what he gravitates towards. Right. Um, but yeah, it just never came, it never made sense in the same, in the way that painting does like paint, like as, from like day one, when I was 
like painting like still lifes in like my painting one class. It was just very clear to me. It was very clear to me that this could be used. Like you can engage with it. Like it's like you're engaging with art history when you make work. It's like you have this kind of like you have this studio practice where you kind of use art history to like, you know, make the work that you're that you're and like you every every painting you make has a point of reference in history and it doesn't work the same in like in concept art and video games. I mean, you can yeah. you can call back to different video games like it has a shorter history. Right. But um, it just didn't feel as reverent, didn't feel as special didn't feel as human yeah like the humanity of the of the of the studio just like was really exciting i guess maybe that yeah i can imagine that i think maybe it's just about like if you could find something that you're doing that you could just get lost in that's like yeah nirvana of some sort you know yeah yeah yeah. so whether that's connecting with people deeply about the work that you're making or just getting lost in a process like someone who's just you know cross-stitching or something and just yeah. like loves it and gets lost in it. I mean that that's probably like the most fulfilled or like happy you can be in a way for sure you know just doing something that you love you ever meet people who can't find what they want to do in life and they just seem kind of disgruntled or a little yeah. lost and like <laughs> just pissed off about having to get a paycheck yeah you know what I mean and you want to like you want to like throw things at those people like not like like chairs not chairs bottles <laughs> <Not> bottles <laughs> you no you want to no but you want to like you want to be like hey like well here's a book that i read that like really got me going yeah um but it's so hard it's like such a different puzzle like genetic yeah yeah, yeah. like the, the experiential like you don't know what like they you know maybe they got abused <laughs> like i don't know yeah. they had some they were, or maybe they got they they were praised at the right time like just nothing nothing worked out in the way that like you have this very special thing and like they don't, but you don't want to be too prescriptive. Right. You don't want to like tell people like what they should be doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's having the clarity that I do in like knowing that like I always just wanted to make paintings. Yeah. I like recognize how special and rare that is. Right. Like somebody, like most people don't have this, have this like very like clear line of like, Oh yeah, it's just what I'm going to do. Right. Like, and it's a gift to, to have that kind of clarity. I've always, I've always known that. Um, even if it's just like painting in my kitchen because I can't afford a studio and I don't have like a artist practice that's like important. Like I still do it. Yeah. You know, it's just like what I want to do. Well, it makes it easier to go through the the valleys too, because Mm -hmm. if you know that's what you love, then even if you're not doing well or it's a struggle or whatever, you're, you're doing the thing that you really yeah. committed and, to and really want to do. So, yeah. And in, like in those valleys, it's, you have so many, you have other opportunities. You can open up and try something different. Like you don't have to be like, you're not committed to performing this one thing. Like you can just, you can try things, you can experiment. There's always room for that. Right. Um, and that's, what's so great about it. Like, it's like really like you set your own, you set your speed. You know, yeah, and know like you, you set you set your speed pretty high, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah, I need to recalibrate that speed. Yeah, fair, same. <laughs> well, um, so how can people check out your um, the gallery at Manya's? Right? Oh yeah, so yeah, I have the show up at Manya Row, um, it's titled "Losing in the Form of Darkness," which is a David Wonorovich quote. Um, it's up until January fourth. That's um, a good stretch. It's a good stretch. Yeah, she gave me the holiday slot. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice of her. That's good. So um, people will be able to check it out. Oh, yeah. And then on the 21st, which is this Thursday, mm-hmm. I think, I have a book launch going on there because I made a book of my sketchbook. 
Okay. Um, because it's such an integral part of the paintings that are up in the gallery right now is very important. Like it's sketchbook is a huge part of my practice. Yeah. The actual sketchbook is there right now, which is a little nerve wracking, but it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So on Thursday night, six to eight, um, there'll be like a book launch there. And then if people can make that, they could get the book. Yeah. They can get the book at through, the gallery. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's at the gallery. It'll, we'll have copies of the gallery. It's through Rob Mead collective. My friend Kyle Quinn and I made this book together. Nice. Um, it's really exciting. I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, it's a nice thing to have along with the work in the show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it makes a lot of it. it it's like in, in, um, I like the work is there, but like the, having the sketchbook there and like showing, it's like showing my work really. It's yeah. like, I, I want people to understand like how the, how these ideas kind of came to light. Right. Um, and that feels special too. It feels like I'm kind of like laying myself bare for people. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is kind of the weirdest thing about making, work it's like it feels like you're exposing yourself like very like vulnerably to people totally yeah you just have to do it so much that you don't care anymore you're like all right oh, but i want to keep caring but i totally no, you do but you know what i mean to where it makes it easier in a it's way. easier but it is i mean that's the job is like expose it like is like showing these parts of yourself that you're ashamed of embarrassed of and like sad about and like you're constantly charged with being like this like genuine. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part of the job. It seems right. It's like yeah. holding yourself accountable to being completely honest all the well, time. I think it's specifically to, if your subject matter and if you're, what you're working on is very personal or about those. Cause you know, it can be sort of displaced into other areas, like whether it's abstraction or, yeah. or, or landscape or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. That's true. Yeah. But when it, it, it can get a little closer to home in some sense. And I think that's the, the sort of like raw nerve of your work is that it, it really does get close to, you know, it, you feel that when you're looking at it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's thrilling to put that out there like that. It's like very, it's scary, but I mean, it, it seems like the most valuable thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then you, to get back at where people can see your work, like yeah. so you do social media. Yeah. 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 It's, um, so I'm on Instagram, um, <laughs> as, uh, I think it's Justin Liam O'Brien and, um, and then also I have like my website and, um, yeah. And then the show at Manya, you can, you can also find me at Manya Road Gallery. That's, right. she's representing me. And, um, you said a group show coming up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I have a group show coming up, uh, in Philadelphia at a gallery called Cap Cap. Oh, yeah, it's run nice. by Sammy Cap. Um, he just had a show of Stanley Stellar pictures and it's going to be a group show with me, um, Alicia Adamarovich, um, Anthony Kadehi and, uh, Luke O'Halloran. Nice. So I guess that's five, four, five. <laughs> when, does it, when does it open? It opens. Sorry, it opens. Um, it's the sixth. It's either the sixth or the eighth of December. It's coming up. Nice. I'm terrible for not knowing the actual no, date. No, it's totally. Yeah. I don't. Know, what day is it today? Uh, it's. I think it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Hope <Is it> not. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming. It was great to meet and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. It was really thanks lovely to come. Thanks. Sound and Vision is recorded and produced and edited and facilitated by myself, Brian Alfred. You can support the podcast by going on to iTunes and leaving a rating and a review or going to the website, soundandvisionpodcast.com. You can donate to the podcast there. You can check out some images 
and you can see more images on Instagram at Sound and Vision Podcast or more images of my work at Alfred Studio. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Thank you to Lullotone for the intro music, Michael Lovett for the introduction, and Evan Marion for the outro music that you're hearing now. Many thanks to Justin O'Brien. Check out his work, Monia Row Gallery. And thank you for supporting the podcast.